George W. Bush, and I approve this message. We're about to rock your world, baby. The G-Man. This is episode number 58. 58. The BS show number 58 on the way to 200. 142 to go. So we'd like to start by thanking some people. We're going to thank Craig P. and Peter at 77 Water Street, 35th floor. Thank you for letting us use the office, fellas. And this is going to be an interesting show. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago we did my credentials. And today we're going to do Steph's credentials. And a little bit about how we met, and uh, the reason why we met. And uh, Steph was on a trip coming back from Chicago, and I was coming back from visiting somebody in Chicago, and we kind of met. And Steph was out in California first, and then he got to Chicago. But then we met, and we became friends, and it evolved into this podcast that we've been doing now for almost a year and a half. Right, yeah, that's exactly right. This is uh, going on five years ago that we met now, I would say. And, yeah. Uh, I was... Uh, out in uh, Mount Shasta area, filming uh, some scenes for a movie that uh, that we were working on, and uh, which I'll, we'll talk about later. Which I'll talk about later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is something I wanted to point out. I saw online. I thought it was hysterical about things that are going on in the United States right now. And this guy has a sign. I don't know where it was, but he's got B I D E N spelled this way, mm -hmm. and after each one. After the B, it's got brain dead. After the I, it's got individual. After the D, it's got destroying. After the E, it's entire. And after the N, it has nat uh, nation. And then there's a picture of Joe Biden pointing to the sign saying, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So I had to bring that out. So I thought it was pretty I don't know where the sign was. It's a truck and tire uh, guy somewhere in the United States somewhere. I don't know where, though. Didn't say where. I think when you look at the word amnesia under the description, they probably have Joe Biden's photo. No, nah, that's an insult to amnesia. <laughs> you know, and Kamala's even worse. You know, she's laughing the other day about talking about refugees in Poland, and she's laughing about it. What's so funny about that? I also heard her uh, talk about a speech. Imagine. Yes, she imagine. Oh, she is. Yes, I heard speech. that. Here's here's the speech. Is that imagine all the cars and all the trucks and all the buses. They take your children to school. Just imagine that. And then a couple of seconds later, she goes, so you imagined it? 
Really, you dumb schmuck. But not as bad as, as Russia is a big country in Europe, and, and Ukraine is a big country, in, a little country in Europe, and the big country invaded the little country. What are you teaching, first grade or what? What's wrong with you? A first grader could figure that out. <laughs> you sound like a freaking box of rock. Listen, do us a favor, Kamala. Stay under the covers and Motel 6. Because as soon as you stick your head up, you sound like an idiot. Uh, you know, one time I, a fella and I were having a little discussion, I'll say. And I said to him, you know, it's better to stand there and keep your mouth shut rather than open up your mouth and remove all doubt that you're a freaking imbecile. Right. You know, just right. zip it, you know. Well, he's brain dead, and she's worse than him, so, you know, it's like, really? Clue and clueless. Yeah, and Fancy Nancy don't have a clue either, so, you know. We need to uh, analyze this. Very well, very the midterms close. are going to be a disaster for the Democrats. Listen, Biden, the way Biden, Biden's handling, the way he handled Afghanistan, the way he's handling this war... The way he's handling the economy, the Democrats are going to wiped out in the midterm, and they know it, and they don't want to be near this guy. He, he doesn't have a clue. His decisions are, are not really good. Uh, everybody's telling him open the pipeline, reverse the regulations on drilling, and he refuses to do it because of the left green deal, whatever the hell it's called, new green deal, whatever. Well, guess what? You might want to switch to electric eventually. But you're not there yet. So why don't you slowly phase it in as the other one slowly phase out, not just cut it off right away. Did he not learn? Listen, this is the problem with this war right now. Europe depends 40% on Russia when they had oil from us when Trump was in. We were the biggest exporter of oil when Trump was in office. And now we're begging other countries that are dictatorships to ship us oil. Something's not right here. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. You know, I don't claim to be a genius, an idiot I'm not, but I'm a little bit smarter than Mr. Joe Biden, apparently. Well, that's kind of what happens when you elect the mailing president. Well, not only that, so it's all about the money. How much money am I getting? You know. Well, if you could follow the money, you'd stop to, you well, know, the trail of it. But unfortunately, correct. nobody wants to uh, check the bean counter. So. Well, you know what? A lot of people didn't like Trump personally, but you can hate the guy personally, but what he did for the country, I mean, he did a lot for the country. He stopped a lot of crap. He told NATO, listen, you got to pick up your share of this, not just us, of the money, right. of the, you know, arms up for Europe. Um, he made his uh, energy independence for the first time in 75 years, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay? So I'm not saying he did everything right, but he was definitely for the American people, no doubt about it. And this guy, I don't know who, who he's for. I think he's for himself. It's you know? from the dollar bill. Yeah. And Kamala doesn't know what day it is. She's too busy at Motel 6. She's imagining something. She's imagining that she's in the real world. And she's not. <laughs> so. Yeah. She might be playing John Lennon's song Imagine, maybe. <laughs> a few times. Yeah, she should be singing Helter Skelter. Boy. She should fade away. <laughs> Just, just fade away. Forget the help. Just, just, just fade, fade, away. Away. fade away. Both of you. Just Joe who? Joe who? Kamala who? Wait, did you hear his latest thing yesterday? He mm -hmm. said he said the first lady's husband has COVID. And then somebody corrected him and said, you're the first, you're the 
you'd be the first lady's husband. He goes, oh, I mean the, the first gentleman. What the, f what is he talking about? He is the first, he, if the first lady had COVID, yeah. the first lady's husband had COVID, it would be him. Right, yeah. And he's fine. So he meant Kamala Harris's husband. And then he said the first gentleman then, not the first husband. So What is wrong with you? He doesn't know who's running the country. So yeah. actually, it, what he's thinking is Kamala's running, running the country. Kamala's running right. the country, right. Whoa, Joe, it's time for you to get... Yeah. Go back to sleep, please. Sleep. Rip Van Winkle, Rip Van Winkle. Sleep. Yeah, sleep. sleep. <laughs> Do us a favor, sleep. You, see, we, you were 47 years... You're 47 years in politics doing nothing, and we could we should have kept it that way. <laughs> Would have done us all a favor. Listen, President Zelensky from Ukraine has been asking for fighter jets, and now he's finally getting after half his country is ruined. Now you're going to give them to him? What is wrong with you? Well, we need to uh, do what we can to help uh, these oppressed people, no doubt. But getting into a war over it, I don't know. Listen, we have to give them a lot of credit. They're fighting for their freedom. They had communism. They didn't like it. They threw them out once before. And now they're fighting to keep their freedom. And you got to admire them. They're not running. They're all fighting. Well, you know, it's like when the Native Americans were put into these uh, places for schooling to, like, yeah. program them. Right. They threw all these different Bibles at them. Right. You know, pick, pick one. We don't care which one you pick. But you got to pick one. So one of the Native American guys, the chief, said to me, he goes, well, he goes, I guess they didn't like me because I told them, we've tried them all. They don't work. You know, so <laughs> so communism doesn't work. It doesn't work. And if we could supply Europe, most of Europe, with energy, they wouldn't have to buy Russian oil. Simple as that. Then that shuts down its whole economy. It is pretty easy to understand that the buck has to stop. If the buck stops, then all this... Activity there stops because you have to have the money to fund the war. Right. And without the money, without the dough, can't make bagels. Game over, man. Game over. That's right. right. So if Joey, backwards buffoon Biden, would do what he's supposed to do, which everybody's begging him to do, is turn on the Keystone Pipeline, reverse the drilling regulations that you put on these guys, all of a sudden the whole thing changes. It's definitely a game changer, but you have to understand it's about the money. Right. And people making money when you have a middleman supplying something that there's no need to have a middleman. So wait, you want to go to Venezuela, dictatorship. Mm -hmm. You want to go to Saudi Arabia, dictatorship. You want to go to Iran, really? You think they care about us? They could care less about us. If they don't watch it, we're going to start having gas lines like we had in the 70s. Well, the unfor you. unfortunate thing is is that people are contented cows, and until it really affects them adversely, they're not going to wake up. Well, have you bought gas lately? You don't have a car, but I did. I don't drive for that reason. So I have a car that takes premium gas, and the other day I put $20 worth in and got four and a half gallons of gas. It was four something, a 480, I believe, or 473 a gallon. Well, based on what you're telling me, I don't know how any people who are just living from paycheck to paycheck going forward are going to well, be able to fill that tank, well, whether it's to go to work or whether it to be for Pretty recreation. soon they're not going to be able to go out to eat right? because they won't have the money to drive around. They'll be going back and forth to work, and that'll be it. And listen, not only does that affect 
um, their home life. But now, you know, you got commercial fishermen in New Jersey, okay, to go off. And, you know, if it's 450 or 480 at a regular station, at the dock, it's going to be about seven bucks. Really? Yeah, that's quite might a bit. Maybe $8, maybe. That's quite a bit. So you're yeah. not going that far then. Well, guess what? The commercial fishermen aren't going to be going out because they're not going to be making that much profit to go out fishing because you'll be using a lot of gas to, to bring back the fresh fish. So the only thing those those vehicles are going to be used for is maybe co carrying contraband and not fishing. Well, they're going to go. They carry they, some. They might not. They may not go out that far. They may not get the best yeah. fish. You know, they may not give up after a little while. Because I guess what I can't. I can't afford to to run my boat. They might go into smuggling. Right? They yeah. got to use that boat for something. Mm -hmm. That's something. <laughs> you know. So you're going to affect a lot of things that you don't realize, and Elon Musk. Who makes the most electric cars is telling you open a pipeline and and reverse the drilling. So this is a guy who makes money selling electric cars, and he's telling you that right now we're not ready for all electric. So what is your problem here? This is a guy who makes money selling electric cars, and he's telling you back off on the electric and use use more energy and you know U.S. energy. So what is, what is wrong with this picture? Well. Who else do you need to hit you over the head with this? So when you on Facebook said backward uh, before Biden, Biden, I got I got ninety day restriction. Yeah, just for that statement. Well, a few others, but that's one of them. <laughs> I also call call Kamala Hooker Harris and AOC brain dead bartender and Fancy Nancy and Chuck the Schmuck. So they don't like that. So because you filled in the blanks, yeah, you didn't I, like it. I filled in the blanks. <laughs> and I, I told it like it is, so Facebook doesn't like that. You can't do that anymore. I always thought it was free speech in the United States. Not I guess anymore. not. anymore. I guess not. Didn't you learn that from YouTube 101 when, yeah, they, guess, when yeah, they took down true. half of our shows? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, Facebook doesn't like it either. Their fact checkers don't like, apparently, <laughs> what I like, what I say or share. So. so, and you know what? I don't care. I don't care. You know what? There's a song that I'm going to play, you know, right after this segment, and it'll kind of like give you Alan's really perspective of what's going on in America, you know? He might use the F word in this song. We'll see, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, we can't make this up now. No. We just can't make so this we'll up. be back with the, the meat of our show. We're going to talk about Steph's career and his in-depth um, investigation into into a very interesting situation yes this will be the legend of jc brown and i thought this was interesting because uh give you an idea there's some things that piqued my interest but this is a story i think you'll all like here and it's more than a story so keep it locked here keep it locked here we'll be right back
was an island which lay before the great flood in the area we now call the Atlantic Ocean. So great an area of land that from her western shores those beautiful sailors journeyed to the south and the North Americas with ease in their ships with painted sails. To the east, Africa was her neighbor, across a short strait of sea miles. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonized the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas, in all legends from all lands, were from fair Atlantis. Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out ships to all corners of the earth. On board were the twelve. The poet, the physician, the farmer, the scientist, the magician, and the other so-called gods of our legends. Though gods they were. And as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis! show number 58 so this is how Steph and I met a little bit you know he was coming back from California after his investigation and possible movie for a uh, discovery that he's going to explain and we met in Chicago and we became friends roughly about four or five years ago exactly so, right yes. Steph tell us a little bit about what you what you were doing out there and right well initially in December of 2007 I was looking for an idea for a new screenplay to write. I had written a couple of screenplays, and I came across this story. It was a book on the Internet. It was uh, Mount Shasta, Mystic Mountain, written by an Emily A. Frank. And what, Where is Mount Shasta? Well, Mount Shasta is in Northern California, 60 miles away from the Oregon border. So it's way up way in up the north, uh, northern yeah. interior. Right. 
beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, the backdrop of the book is Mount Shasta, but what piqued my interest was uh, a man who claimed to be J.C. Brown said, well, he was prospecting up in the, uh, the Cascade Mountain area, range area. He came across an unusual rock basalt foundation. Being a geologist by nature, he thought that the, the rock looked kind of odd. So after digging it out, he found out that it led to a cave into a tunnel, which led uh, 13 miles underneath this mountain, which is Mount Shasta, where he found uh, what he called a village with streets, round houses. And in the first room that he, he went into, he found weaponry that we don't even have today, spears, knives, streamers. He kept looking around. All of a sudden, he came to another room, and there was 27 skeletons in it, sizing from six and a half to ten feet tall. Some big man. Yeah. Andre Giant. Uh, yeah, exactly. Andre so, Giant relatives. So now he's in this village. He's in his roundhouses. He's going from building to building. And then they go into this other building, which he says he told was a shrine room. And in that shrine room, uh, there was... Uh, a king and queen in ornate robes, he believed, which were the leaders of this civilization. That they were, you know. They had their own kind of like own room. Kind yeah, they had their own room. It was like you know, like, like like the e Egyptian with the pyramids type right. type of a thing. So here, this man finds all this. They cover it all up, and he goes back uh, to Mexico and uh, makes subsequent trips back up to Mount Shasta. You know how many trips he made? He made 13 trips. Wow. 13. And uh, it was amazing. But what, when I first got the legend, I only knew what I, what I read in the, in the book. But I, I wanted to contact the Stockton Record newspaper in California. And they said, well, you should contact the police because you have a missing persons report. So I contacted the Stockton Police Department. I said, I want to solve the puzzle. What are you talking about? Well, I believe I, I know who the man who showed up in 1934 was, who lectured in your town for six weeks, who mysteriously disappeared. They go, well, that, that, that disappearance story has been closed. That case has been closed. I says, well, I'd like to help you solve it. You want to reopen it. You want to reopen it. So they said, well, you need to contact the Stockton Record newspaper, which I did, and they got me in touch with a Michael Fitzgerald. After Michael Fitzgerald heard me explaining about a little bit about the story, he says, well, how did you get the original story from 1934? Because it's never been out. You know, we never re reproduced it after that. I talked about it, you know, briefly, but I never divulged all the things that were in it. But how do you know as much as you do? I said, well, I just know that I, what I know, and, uh, and I told him who I believed it was. I didn't tell him why I believed it. He says, well, I'm going to send you a PDF file of the actual 1934 article. I said, great. So now he sends me the article, and this is like in April of 2008, and I'm, I'm reading it. I go back to the library, and I says, you know, I got clues. I had about six clues in there. I said, I'm going to spend two weeks in this library and run down these six clues that I have. And at the end of that time, either it's a fact or it's fiction, or I have a screenplay for a movie. So what I initially thought, Alan, but this guy was a maverick coming into town and to steal people's money, you know. And uh, Yeah, understandable. Because in the article, mm. the newspaper article, I had it. People were selling their possessions because they believed in this old British gentleman that he was going to help them find treasures that were lost, you know, from antiquity. 
So I said, you know, there's got to be something to this. So when I was able to figure out who uh, John Benjamin Body was, once I got to the border crossings, I realized that he and Lord Cowdery were real people. And I said, well, why did I have such a hard time finding out about Lord Cowdery? Well, he was knighted in 1916. And when this all happened, it was like 1904 when they first went over the border to make this discovery. He wasn't knighted yet. So he wasn't knighted yet. So his border crossings was as Sir Wheatman Pearson and not Lord Cowdery. Once he was knighted, I was then able to see his records coming into Mexico or United States with his knighted ship uh, as his title in the, in the mm -hmm. passage on the manifest. Yeah. Now I knew I had a bullseye. And so what I had to find was, was interesting is that this hole in the wall, if, if, if this rock is like Indiana Jones type rock that leads to a, something, and there's this giant artifact, I wanted a giant artifact. I want to know about the giants because if there's right. giants at the beginning, I want to know. So now I had this information. Vince McMahon was looking for him too. Yeah. <laughs> WWE. So now at the point, I said, you know, I think I have to make a trip out to Mount Shasta. So I do. And with the information I had, and I was lecturing at the college, and uh, while I was there, uh, the group from the St. Germain Foundation talked to me afterwards, and they said, you know, you're very right, young man, about what, what you, uh, you're divulging. So one of their members said, what is it you're looking to do? I'm looking to see this rock formation. I explained what I was looking for. Well, I think you, I know what you're looking for. So I was invited onto the property to see it. Now, I didn't jump over a fence. I didn't take people over there. I was invited. So now I get to see this rock, unusual rock, which I just showed you. And when you see it, it looks like it's out of Indiana Jones movie, which I showed you. And uh, I knew something happened here. But when I was able to place John Benjamin Body and Lord Cowdery at this resort, the Shasta Springs Resort there in 1904, I figured out how these men came to see this unusual rock's formation and why the secret is remained secret because it's on private property. But on consequent trips, they went back and forth, back and forth. But the key for me was to figure out, okay, I got to come out here. And I did come out to California. When I came out, some, they would, I was told by the St. Germain Foundation after lecturing, you know, you're on the right track, but if you keep your mouth shut, we'll share secrets with you. You know, you, you know about the... Uh, what kind of secrets? Well, that's what, I, that's what I never got to find out because what he said to me is, but you have to keep a secret as to what you know. And if you can do that, then we will give you the information. You can be, be a member of our secret society. Secret society, I asked. Society, it is. I said, what if I don't want to join? <laughs> the funniest answer you'll ever hear, hear me say. He says, well then, I'm not going to make it easy for you, and St. Germain is going to burn your ass. Now, I'm looking like, St. who? You know, St. Germain. Huh? How about St. Aloysius or St. John or Baptist? or no, St. Germain. St. Germain. And he's told me, you need to take this seriously. Like, Gee, this is interesting how I would get like a backhand threat. Should have brought some bodyguards out there, you know? Well, right after that, I did. I had uh, Eric and this other fellow whose name I'm going to drop. But uh, I would go out with them. We'd go uh, surveying stuff. And Eric says, Don't worry, Steph. He goes, I, I got a gun. I'll blow their balls off. You know? So <laughs> I went out after that. You know, somebody was packing. But, you know, I didn't take highly to being threatened. So 
after that, I get contacted by a man. He says, I got a map for your map. And I said, gee, that's, that's the rock. That's where I was just showing this. I knew pe people started giving me information. Then somebody says to me, check your email. Okay. And I get a message from someone that a man and his daughter had walked by this unusual rock with soil foundation, and a large Lemurian came out of the back there, over seven feet tall, and speaking the British accent, said, you have just found the back door to underground civilization. Tell us, would you like to come in? I'm like, I got to meet this guy. It wasn't the back door to Motel 6, was it? No, no, it wasn't back door. No. Okay. No. Right now, I think Motel 6 is negotiating a contract for, for Kamala because uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a speakeasy, you know. So no, once you come in, you don't come out, though. That's the only right. unfortunate thing. Motel. <laughs> but so here it is now. I know I'm on a bullseye. So I meet the man in uh, Dunsmere, and we, I'm interviewing him with the crew I had. And uh, matter of fact, I put that, put that show up on YouTube there. And, uh, but what he comes to say is basically, you know, that uh, he had the encounter with this tall uh, figure uh, who uh, appeared to be a Lemurian who said, you know, you've just found the back door to uh, a civilization. So I knew after that that, you know, nobody drives from San Francisco up to, you know, five hours up to where we were in Dunsmere to share a story about it. Too bad you didn't know Guido and Luigi then. Exactly. I, I know them now. Yeah, and, uh, well, next time we go, you can bring them with us. So now, here it is, I realize I must be on to something because this man drove five hours to meet me. So after that, I'm looking all around Mount Shasta for more possible entrances because now I know something, you know, I'm, I'm on to something. And I was told after that, you know, next time I came to town, uh, which was... Uh, I came with a film crew, and I went to Stockton, California, and I filmed Mike Fitzgerald, and he was surprised that I'd show up in a film crew in his office to talk about the legend. At that point, he gave me credit for, for figuring out the legend, but what I figured out is through uh, genealogy and uh, records of uh, travel that John Benjamin Body really did work for Lord Cowdery Mining Company, and his wife had relatives there in Stockton, which placed him right there at the time to be there for the meetings for six weeks in Stockton, California. So that was my ability to be able to, to nail it shut where I, I proved that, you know, once and for all, the man of the legend was not J.C. Brown. He was John Benjamin. It wasn't Rodgers. a legend. That was real. It was real, yeah. So J.C. Brown was who, really? J.C. Brown was really John Benjamin Body. He was a civil engineer that worked for 40 years one company for the Lord Cowdrey Mining Company of England. He was an engineer, and I found him in a stationary engineer's book. And there's his photo. I had his photo. I had Cowdrey and all of his uh, lieutenants that, that built his business. But the man I had to find out, it was interesting, had to be worth $40 million at the time of uh, 1934. And he was. He was, he was worth that. Right. They, they, they uh, struck oil when they were building the Tijuana Peck Railroad in Mexico. Can which I give, is, it to, give you some oil to Joe Biden right now, please? Because yeah. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> well, they they struck oil there while he was building this railroad to connect uh, in the Pacific for, for the Atlantic, I mean for the Gulf, so that way they beat the Panama Canal by 12 years, and that's where the British got their stronghold in Mexico for the goods. Mm -hmm. So, as a reward, John Benjamin Body struck oil and he became a multi-millionaire for the Lord Cowdrey Mining Company. And uh, the man who shows up in 1934 who claimed that he had been uh, arrested, uh, 
picked up before by the Pinkerton, which was uh, the Amtrak type police. Uh, so he said if they knew who he was, you know, he might not be alive because he was a multimillionaire. So the man I found was ultimately worth forty million dollars in nineteen thirty four. So, you know, when you hit on all those cylinders, it is what it is. But the big thing was for me later on hiring a private detective and figuring out that there is a tie to banks in Laredo, Texas. So there is money in a bank right now. So this is the first segment of the mystery of Mount Shasta. We'll be back with segment number two in a few minutes with some bumper music. We'll have segment number two, show number 58, Steph's Accomplishments.
we're back with segment number two, Steph's Accomplishment, show number 58, on the way to 200. Steph, you continue with your story about J.C. Brown and Mount Shasta and the, I don't know what kind of people they are, don't they? What are they called? Well, what are they called? Lemurians was what, uh, in the uh, legend, and okay. there was a 1934 Stockton record, J.C. Brown claims that they were the Lemurian civilization who predate uh, the time of Atlantis. So if you believe there was an Atlantis, uh, there very well might be uh, Lemuria, which is a continent that supposedly yeah. Yeah, sank. Isn't that a song by Donovan? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah he did. Yeah. Way down on the ocean. Right. Yeah, I, think, I did a karaoke song one time about that. But yeah, I mean, so here it is. It, it's uh, maybe a place that's not a mythical continent. Maybe it did exist. And uh, the remnants of these people are, are in Mount Shasta, in the bowels of Mount Shasta. So when I was able to, to finally get photos of, of the, the place, actually go there and actually see it, meet somebody there who witnessed an unusual experience with uh, a man who supposedly was from this race of people, giant being coming out of these doors. And I realized that you know I was threatened when I was out in California, and they tried to blame me for uh, digging a hole in the mound that I didn't dig, the Forest Service and the FBI. Both were trying to pin that on me, and they even went to the college. I was filming a show at the uh, COS College in, in Weed, and uh, at the time I had finished the season, and they went and asked the uh, producer of the college if they could buy all of the shows that I had done that season because they wanted to find information or uh, something that might have me implicate myself in, in, in digging a hole on Mount Shasta. So, uh, Do so, you know why he changed his name, J.C. Brown? Is there any well, indication why he did that? Well, the only thing was is that, and he said, because he was a millionaire. You want to be anonymous? He had to be anonymous. Mm. And the fact that he was not an American, right. he had to slip into the country. And one of the interesting things about him is that on border crossings, there was one time at a border crossing, I asked him if he had ever come to the United States. He said no. This is after coming in a couple of times. And the third time, he lies on the manifest. So I'm saying, gee, why is he lying unless he's bringing contraband back over? So then I realized that, you know, there was something going on because he had mentioned in the legend that he had trouble with the Pinkertons. Now, Pinkertons was uh, like the FBI's right. uh, secret police for, for, the, right. for the train stations. Right. So trains were getting robbed in those days with the bank robberies and stuff. So, you know, they made sure that the trains were well guarded and protected. And if this guy was coming across the border, you know, with... A, Illegal contraband like that, you want you want to make sure that doesn't that doesn't get out of the country. So, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I discovered. In the fact is that, you know, this was uh, supposed to be a well kept secret. Now, J. C. Brown claimed, you know, that uh, this would be one of the greatest finds ever, and would change history as the way that we know it. But when he didn't show up the morning of June nineteenth in uh, nineteen thirty four, the police were called. And the police were called, and no one knew what happened to him. And what they came to find out is that he didn't take any money from anyone. Right? For the six weeks that he lectured there. Yeah, he might be part of the Golden Gate Bridge, maybe. <laughs> Could be. The foundation. So, uh, no, the answer, no, actually, John Benjamin Boddy actually died uh, in England. He went back home after he retired from the Royal Calgary Mining Company, and he died in 1940. So the interesting thing about the whole thing is, this guy was a multimillionaire who just happened to be at the Shasta Springs Resort 
hanging out with his friends there on vacation because they're all millionaires. They already made their money in Mexico when we struck the oil in the El Aguilar Oil Company. Having a few beers. Having a beer. Hanging. Some girls with bikinis, yeah. And okay. they saw this unusual rock, you know. So it wasn't Kamala Harris that came out. Well, maybe she came out of the hall, the, the rock there. But yeah. they find her way out. They decided to dig it out, and uh, and that's kind of like how they their entrance into it. But when I realized that it was a secret society now who owns the property, and that I was lucky to get on the property to be able to see this, and I saw the just the commotion that I had caused just by coming out there to investigate this. Somebody, somebody didn't want this out, that's for sure. No, not at all. I mean, so uh, I found it very interesting that this would happen to me, even when I was out there. You know, things stolen of mine while I was out there. And, you know, and then I have to tell this story here. So here I am trying to publicize this. And I'm being told, this is five years ago, I'm filming a couple of scenes in a movie. And what happened was, and I'll put it out there now, uh, a friend of mine had called me and said, you know, people are saying that you dug this hole in the mountain. I said, no, I can tell you the story about it. He goes, well, I still don't believe I believe that you did it. I go, really? I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, you can make a movie on the fact that you, I didn't do it. I said, I'll come out there. And you could film some scenes about the truth, what happened. And I told him, came out to California, and upon fi finish all this work with him, I went back to Berryvale, which is a place we could have coffee, we could have something to eat. I'm waiting for these girls to come because we're going to go out to dinner before I leave to come back to New York on a train. And some guy sits in front of me. He says, oh, the girls said they'll be right back. And I'm like, who are you? In my mind. And it was weird. Because I didn't know who he was. But the day before, there's a fellow next to me. You'll like this. And the fellow's playing chess. And uh, somebody comes over, interrupts the game. And the Indian fellow, who's a Native American, says to the other fellow, he says, uh, I don't appreciate you coming over here and trying to coach, you know, the game here. So he says, wait, wait, wait here for a second. He walks over, pulls out a taser out of his bag, and he says, this is a taser. Come over here again. And he goes, and I'll put, stick it up your ass. Your, I'll your tase ass. your ass. Take your ass. And it won't be Tyrone or Bubba. Right. So now I'm sitting there and I'm like, did I just hear that? So I is wait. Is that why you got a taser now? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is how it happened. Yeah. So now what happened was I said to the Indian fellow, I says, by the way, I said, can I see that taser? He shows it to me. Why in the world I wanted to see the taser? I don't know. But I was curious now. He shows me. So I said, look, I'm leaving tonight. I said, where did you get this at? He said, well, I got it downtown over here, the hardware store. I don't want to mention the name of it. He said, but they, you know. Was it Ace Hardware Store? Something like Ace that. Ace is the yeah, place. Yeah, something like that. Ace <laughs> is the place. So now, I said, well, I can't be here, you know, tomorrow morning. I said, well, how much over $75, you know, can, can, can I buy this from you? I said, I'll give you up to $100 for it. So I negotiate with this Native American fellow to buy the taser. I said, just one thing. Show me how to use it. He goes, well, it doesn't have the charger. I said, is it charged? He says, yeah. I said, you can send me the charger. You didn't give him $24 with some trinkets, did you? <laughs> I should have less the charger. <laughs> so now, he shows me how to use it. I put it in the bag, never thinking that the next day, this fellow sits in front of me, Irish-looking fellow. He was about six foot, blue eyes of blue, pale blue eyes. You know, he had murderous blue eyes. You know. Speaking of Irish, yeah, yeah. Paddy's Day soon. 
Yeah. A couple of days. Exactly. So now I'm looking at this fellow with these powder blue eyes. He's telling me, you know, you need to shut your mouth. Really? I said, I, I don't even know you. <laughs> shut my mouth about what? <laughs> he says, uh, I'd like to take you for a ride today. I said, some things I want to show you because you're a very inquisitive guy. I said, do I know you? He said, no. I said, Why would I want to take a ride with you then? I said, I'm not getting in your car. He says, well, I got a bullet with your name on it. And I like to take you up on the mountain and read, read, read you your last rites. Well, I got a taste with your name on it. <laughs> so I sit there. I open up the bag that I have with me. I pull out the taser. I take off the safety. I put it directly in front of him like a microphone. I said, this is a freaking taser. How about I stick it in your mouth? You'll never get to raise your voice again. And then I stick it up your ass and I just walk you up the mountain. And we bury your fucking ass today. Well... Alan, bang, zoom, he's out to the, the back moon. door. <laughs> bang, zoom, to the moon he goes. So now the Native American guy, Jimmy, looks over and says, Steph, what happened? I says, Jimmy, you better watch out. I says, I think he had a bout with diarrhea. There's shit going all the way out the door, so be very careful. a laser taser game going on. <laughs> I says, he had abrupt stomach problems after my conversation. And it wasn't Visine in his wine or water. So now the, the guy leaves, right? Thinking, all right. So now I go, I go have dinner with the director who I was out there to do the movie with. And I told him a story. He goes, man, I miss all the good stuff. I said, well, I'm not too happy about this because now I got to get on the train to go back to, uh, to New York. And I've just been threatened. And I know that there's something with this legend. And then, so I was on waiting. Somebody says to me, oh, did you hear about the guy who got lost on the mountain for a couple of days? And when he finally came down, he said he, he, he found a military base in the back of the mountain there, and there was a guard there holding a gun. And the guard said to him, you need to get the F out of here, because I was told if I see anybody, shoot to kill. So get the F out of here. So guys, I need some help. He said, you better get the F out of here. Here he goes, because I'm going to put a bullet in you. So the guy came down the mountain, and he's telling some people in town that there's something going on with this mountain. And so I realized later on that, you know what, they don't want me around there because... They got some military stuff going on and uh, some bad things actually going on. And if they got giants underneath the mountain, maybe you don't want to go there either. So I get on the train and at that point, I said, man, I just got to get back to the East Coast. So I take the train two, three days till I get to Chicago. This is where we meet. And that's where Al and I meet. And I'm like dog tired because I... Just been going through the rigors in California and only being threatened, you know, and having some stuff robbed while I was up there. And now I'm coming back and saying, all I want is to get married for, for 30 seconds. Right. Which is what happened on the trains. Mm -hmm. Alan and I met. Transit head. And uh, I met uh, the love of my life for... Uh, about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. You say, you say 20 minutes, but I say 30 seconds. <laughs> so... so so let me ask you a question. Are you going to write a book about this? Are you going to do a movie about this? Or well, what are you going to do with this? Thing? I've written a screenplay about it. So I've already written a movie about it. It's called The Legend of J.C. Brown. So I've written that, yes. Uh, I've uh, done interviews with it. I've been on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, people who know. I've been on about three, four times talking about the legend uh, that we talked about today. One of the nice caveats is uh, on YouTube there, I think they had like 400,000 people who listened just to that one program that I did about the legend, I guess a lot of people were interested the in it. The legend of J.C. Brown. Yes, and you know what you find out is that 
There are people who don't want truth to come out. And I'm sorry, you know, um, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. And I, I came across an amazing story that led to an amazing uh, experience in my life and also meeting some fantastic people along the way and realizing that everybody has a piece of the puzzle to share. They may not know it at the time. And as I was going around the country, I was learning, you know, there's some great people around the country. There's also some bad people around the country you got to stay away from. And had I known Bubba and Tyrone and I know Luigi and Guido, you know, I wouldn't have to have Eric and my other friends up there packing so that way I could go looking at stuff. So I realized that for me to go out to, to look around at some of these anomalies or, or some of these things, it would be very difficult going forward. But I thought this legend was interesting because I have here just a letter, you know, that I got back from uh, the, uh, the newspaper, you know. And so it was good to get acknowledgement that, yeah, I did solve it. And I found uh, through uh, border crossings and records that J.C. Brown was really John Benjamin Body. And the only reason he ended up in uh, Stockton, uh, California, was because his wife's family lived on that block. And he's able to, to set up that camp for six weeks for his meetings to be able to discuss his amazing finds in 1904. In so Shasta. if you like what you hear, keep it locked here. We'll be back with final thoughts. Those are Steph's great accomplishments about the legend of J.C. Brown. We'll be right back. Keep it locked here. I see trees of green. I see them blue. For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue Clouds of white Bright blessed days Dark sacred nights, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the skies, also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. To myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful.
So we're back with episode number 58 on the BS show, Steph's Accomplishments. This is the final thoughts. Steph, give us your final thoughts a little bit. Well, my today. final thoughts on this is that there is a treasure that can be found. It is in a bank in Texas. It's in the BBNV Bank, which is the old Laredo National Bank. Uh, the Hammer family still owns uh, the vault, uh, the keyhole is on it. So this legend is a real legend. Uh, the wall, the salt foundation does exist. It's on private property. I've seen it. All people have seen it. I've had people talk about giants in this legend. So, uh, as we say in the documentary movie that I've been making over the years, and I haven't put it out yet for major consumption, but uh, J.C. Brown is more than a legend. Stephanie, maybe a question. If you wanted to go to Mount Shasta, how would you get there from the East Coast? Well, how I would get there, for me, I'd go by train. Okay, and, and go to where? Take the train to where? I'd take the train to Dunsmere, California. Okay. And I'd get off in Dunsmere, California, and from there... How far away is Mount Shasta? Mount Shasta is uh, eight miles away. Eight miles north. Yeah, eight miles north, okay. yeah. And uh, where, where it is is where uh, the back door entrance is. One of the entrances there in Dunsmere that I, I talk about in this show just now. So I would go there. I had friends pick me up at, at the, the train station. Uh, I can get on a little bus there just going into town back and forth to, to Mount Shasta, which is the next town over. So I can spend time either in Dunsmere or I can spend it in Mount Shasta, but I do take the, uh, the Amtrak train uh, across the country. Uh, when I go to Stockton, California, which is on this, uh, the train line as well, I would just get off the Amtrak in Stockton if I was meeting with the... Uh, the uh, and how far is Stockton columns. from Mount Shasta? Oh, it's about three hours away okay. at least, yeah. yeah. So three it's, hours north. Yeah, quite a ways up. Yeah, so, you know... To figure this whole legend out, which is the caveat for me, is I had to figure out what would this man be doing in Stockton, California, you know, in 1934, if it, everything happened up in Northern California, Mount Shasta area. And that was the thing. Once I could figure out why he was in Stockton. Why was it three hours north? Right. Yeah. And to take these people out there for something that happened 30 years earlier. Right. So you say to yourself, man, and then I looked, I said, well, Lord Cowger, what happened to him? Well, he died in 1927. So J.C. Brown, uh, Brown waited, or mm -hmm. John Benjamin waited, until Lord Cowger was dead in 27, before, before he shows up in 34 and says, let's go dig this out. Mm -hmm. Because he had done it before that, his boss would have said, no, no, no. You know, you know. Gotcha. He was doing, uh, did it on his own, pretty much. Exactly. So when gotcha. his boss died... And, you know, he was, as I said, worth $40 million at this time. If you say, oh, that can't be. Well, if you strike oil while, while digging a railroad across Mexico, and you're friends with, one of your best friends is Porfirio Diaz, the president of Mexico, and you and the president of Mexico are on boats together, I picture him on, on, on yachts together, hanging out. So if I say to you, John Benjamin Body was worth $40 million, he had to be. You know, he was invited to the White House once when they were, when they was having problems with the oil there because the United States wanted to get into Mexico with the oil in the early days, and uh, and that's what the Mexican Revolution was all about, so they could get in there into Mexico, which they did, and then the Lord Cowdery, uh they had to broke up their uh, their oil conglomerate because uh, the Mexicans now nationalized their country and the Brits had to get out, 
and their foreign interests had to end. So right. even though the United States wanted to do it, they couldn't do it either because they were thrown out as well on there. But oil has been a big thing, uh, and we talked about it today in this episode about the importance of natural gas and oil. And being in, yeah, oil independent, right? energy independent, which we were under Mr. Donald Trump. So this company, the El Aguilar Oil Company, was then sold out to Royal Shell, which is Shell, Shell Oil now. So were these guys loaded with money? Absolutely. You sell out to, to, to Shell, you know, and if you're a high-level manager, what do you think your boss is going to do? He's going to reward you if you're building a railroad and you strike oil, you know, while this is happening. And if you're the right-hand man, you know, there was nothing John Benjamin Body couldn't get from Lord Cowdray, you know, because they were buddies. Matter of fact, he even named his son after Lord Cowdray, you know, Sir Wheatman. Wheatman. Mm -hmm. So John Benjamin Body and his boss had a tight relationship. So, yeah, would you give a lot of money to your friend? Absolutely. If your friend made you a lot of money, you know, and, and took care of all your interests there in, in that country, right. you better reward him. So I was fortunate enough to find the right guy, right? Age requirements, all the things. But what nailed it was his loyalty to the Lord Cowdrey Mining Company for 40 years as a civil engineer. And I found his civil engineer records here in the commercial library in Manhattan to prove, you know, this man had accomplishments to build you know, that railroad at the time when the United States was trying to get the Panama Canal done. Can you look up the accomplishments of Joe Biden in the library? The book would be a condensed version. One page? One page, yeah. And the other and half of it would be empty? You know, so when when you look at accomplishments or credits, like we talk about credits and right. accomplishments, what have you done? So Joe Biden is like, what have you done in 47 years? Not what have you done lately, just what have you done? Period. Period. And then, you know, Kamala Harris, you know, she's not getting the periods anymore, so, you know. And she's starting to, she's buying up stock in Motel 6, though. And so this is a wonderful world that we're living in, but you look what at it. What a wonderful world. What that song? Yeah, wonderful world. Like, what a wonderful world, yeah. So there are crazy things that are happening in, in the world right now, but, you know, even if the significance of these findings, you know, can be found, the government would turn around and say, well, Smithsonian has to have the evidence. Right. And guess what happens then? You don't see it. So for the Hammer Brothers, I'll just put it out there. Anybody locates the Hammer Brothers there in uh, Stockton. And it wasn't Seltzer. Hammer you know, Seltzer either. Hammer guys, do the right thing. You know, let the world know exactly what, you know, uh, the family has found. And uh, yes, it's there. I know it's there. And that's the legend of J.C. Brown, Brown in Mount Shasta. So we want to thank Craig P. and Peter for their office at 77 Water Street, 35th floor. And uh, where, can you, where can you find this stuff? Well, you can find us at uh, Amazon Music, Deezer. And Spotify. Yeah, Google uh, Hangouts, uh, GeoSaving. Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict, you said, and Red Circle. GeoSaving. Yeah, GeoSaving. Spotify. Deezer. And our favorite site, uh, uh, Stitcher, and then Stitcher our favorite site, Son of a Bitcher. And on video, yeah. you can find us on Bitchute and, and Rumble. And on uh, Zazzle, we have some products there on uh, the BS Show, The Internet Guy, and Sindoni Says. And so that's kind of like what our re representation is right now. Uh, on Legends, uh, 
that I'm talking about now, you can find it on Rumble or on BitChute. Uh, Legend and Mystery is, is what uh, the site is found uh, on there. So if you want to know more about what I've talked about today, or you can listen to me with George Norrie on Coast to Coast. It's on YouTube. There's a number of interviews that I've done to, to get more and more immersed into the legend. And just uh, well, you want have to say some a little, fun. You want to say a little prayer for the people of Ukraine who are still fighting 17 days later to uh, keep their freedom. They don't want communism. Now, Mr. Joe Biden, send in the jets. The guy doesn't want, he doesn't want soldiers. He doesn't want anybody on the ground. Just back me up with some military equipment so I can take care of this. My people can take care of this on their own. And they will. Putin's getting frustrated. He's throwing everything but the kitchen sink at him now, which he does with everybody. But he's really trying to hammer it home now because he's getting frustrated. He thought he'd be in and out of there in a couple of days, and now it's 17 days later. And his army's starting to starve, starting to run out of gas. You know, uh, they don't know what, they even, what they're fighting for, some of these guys. They're just walking away from some of their vehicles, you know. So if you send them some military where you can control the airways, then it changes this whole war. Well, and if we open the Keystone Pipeline and reverse the regulations on oil drilling, it'll make Europe independent from Russia also and rely on us for oil and natural gas. Well, that's, that's just very, my thoughts. That's very, very true. So we need to now be proactive rather than reactive right. and stop the madness and supply our country with its own natural resources. Which we were energy efficient under Mr. Donald Trump. So we need to get back to that. There's no reason why we shouldn't. There's plenty of oil in this country. And Mr. Joey Biden, what did we buy Alaska for? We didn't buy it for the snow. We didn't buy it for the igloos. We bought it for the oil in the ground, the pipelines up there. That's why we bought it. That's so exactly use it. right. That's right. We didn't buy it so that way we could put a Motel 6 up there, did we? Well, I think Maybe there is did. one there. there it's one. Igloo 6. <laughs> it's Igloo 6. And Kamala thinks it's in Mexico. She doesn't yeah. realize it. you got to leave the well oil light on. Uh, right. <laughs> well, no. Well, now it's got to be electric light. It has to be electric, electric light. Electric light. You know, the green, the green deal. That's you know, right. The new green yeah. deal. Oh. So we can't have a, you know, can't have a whale oil anymore. So now she's going to be keeping Eskimos warm at night, huh? Uh, she might be keeping something. It might be the walrus. Maybe not the Eskimos. <laughs> cuckoo, 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 Right. Here comes the walrus. <laughs> and I take it, huh, now I go, cuckoo for Kamala, huh? Cuckoo. Cuckoo for Kamala. Imagine Kamala's this. going to be on the front of it. Imagine it. Imagine four years of Kamala Harris. No. No. Even, even downtown Willie Brown couldn't take four years of her. No. And neither did Montel Williams. <laughs> they threw out after a little while. <laughs> so Listen, girl, you got to go. <laughs> so that's our final thoughts for show number 58. Well, before we go, we're yeah. going to talk about next week's show 59. Alan and I are going to talk about... Alan's going to tell me about Guido and Luigi, their, their travels. They went to Florida. And looking for Cuomo and his Cuomo and Homo hot dogs. So, next week you got to give me the update. What happened in Florida on their trip in Florida? Okay. So that's part of next week. And we'll have our favorite Seg segment on, which is idioms for idiots. Idioms for idiots. Yay! Yay! So if you like, like what you've heard today, you know this is a different show. And Alan, thank you very much for letting me take you down a rabbit well, hole. Here. 
You have your accomplishments. I had mine, and we did mine a couple of weeks ago, so now we did yours. Thank, thank you very much. So for those of you listening, see us again next week in uh, the next episode. Uh, Al and I are out of here until... Show number, heading for show number 59. Sayonara. Shalom. See you later. Up your nose with a rubber hose or any place else you want to stick it. See ya. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go.